Welcome to episode 159 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Okay, welcome back to another episode. Um, I am fully in... Uh, my summer break mode. So <laughs> I don't have a lot of tips to share. Um, there was, uh, someone was sharing. Let's see. Who was that on Instagram? Mr. Clay SLP. And if you're not following him, you should be. He <laughs> is super fun and has lots of tips and things that he shares, but he, um, shared some recently shared a post that was some of his favorite YouTube sites. Mm-hmm. And one of them was super simple songs. And that reminded me that I, I don't know if I've shared that recently. I think I've shared it before, but super simple songs. They have a website that's really nice because you can look up songs like based on certain things that you're looking for, like a movement song or a mm. song that teaches directions or a song that, you know, it has lots of different categories that you can search them through. And then they all do stream through YouTube too. So you can look them up that way. But I really like their website and their website also has like, it'll have a list of the lyrics for it too. So you oh, can, you know, cool. maybe look and find if there's like your target sound or your target word in the song. So that's, um, he shared a bunch of others, but that was one that stuck out to me of like, oh yeah, I haven't shared that recently. That's one of my favorites. So super simple songs has lots, lots of kind of the classic kids songs, um, with lots of like cute animations and things like that. Um, that would be one that I would go to. I was looking for something like that. This past week, as a matter of fact, with, <laughs> well, actually on last Friday and this, I'll see the yeah. same child this Friday. So I'll check it out. That's a good one. I'd forgotten about that one too. So you're, you know, lounging by the beach and doing all this now that summer's here. And <laughs> well, well, really trying to get over a cold. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Hey, so tell me about the beach, it. the beach will have to wait. So <laughs> It's more of a Vegas thing for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did go for my birthday and won mm-hmm. like $350 from a slot machine. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a good birthday present. <laughs> that's that's really good. And, yeah. and, and you can walk out and not lose it. Ahead, so. ahead. We always have like a set amount. This is the money that we're going in with. We're not going to spend any more than that. It usually works. <laughs> well. As you know, my wife, Maria, has a gambling problem. <laughs> At least when she's in Vegas. And we've only been twice. Yep. But um, yeah. <laughs> she, the problem was she walked in a casino, walked up to a slot machine, and instantly won like 50 bucks. Oh, no. And, I mean, within five minutes of walking in. And, of course, right. she was totally hooked. Hooked, And yep. all limits that we had set for the two of us immediately within Blue two past. hours, we've way past that. Uh, so I well, have to, yeah, we know from our, all of our behavior training, you know, that we mm-hmm. get to that, that variable reinforcement is what keeps behaviors going the longest. That's right. And that's what happens. And that's, that's what they what count on. When you gamble. That's right. Yep. That's what they count on. Oh, I still have nightmares <laughs> about being there. Um, <clears throat> We, anyway, that's another story for another time. But yep. um, on the show today, we have Jamie Giannino from Wordwise Speech Therapy. 
and she has a lot to to talk to us about in terms of her perspective on working with children through telepractice. Hi, it's Todd Houston. I'm a co-host of Telepractice Today with my dear friend, Kim Allen. And I just wanted to take a moment and ask you a favor. You see, we at the 3C Digital Media Network, yes, and I am also the CEO of 3C, as we call it, we need you. We need you to maybe develop a webinar that we could distribute for you. Or maybe it's a course that you have in mind that you'd like to share your knowledge and skills. We would want to do that with you. We can help you distribute, produce, and distribute all of those things. We have blogs that you could do. Maybe you want to start in this whole wild world of online publishing and online media and you want to start with a blog, we would be very happy to host that blog on our website. So if you have some ideas about blogging or a webinar or maybe a course that you'd like to offer, or maybe you have an idea for a totally new podcast, you may not know this, but we actually produce five podcasts and it's growing. And so, who knows? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. We would love to talk to you. In fact, I would love to talk to you. I would love to showcase what you're doing, your knowledge and skills, no matter what it might look like. Course, webinar, podcast, blog, doesn't really matter. You can reach out to me at Todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com. That's T-O-D-D at the number 3, 3C, C as in cat, digitalmedianetwork.com. And I will be in touch. Thank you for considering this. And we'll talk soon. Well, Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Let's start with your background. Can you share more about how you became a speech-language pathologist? Sure, sure. Um, well, it certainly was a crazy journey for me to uh, to get to even be a speech therapist. Um, I kind of got the idea to be a speech therapist when, when my mom got diagnosed with MS, and I saw her having to work with a speech therapist, and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty interesting. And and then I guess I just kind of got more and more interested in it. I learned what uh, speech therapists did with kids because I had a cousin who also went and got speech therapy. And I remember my aunt saying to me one day, she was like, you know, this is a, a this looks like a pretty good job. It's they don't have to have the stress of teaching and, you know, the kids are making good progress. So why don't you look into it? And I did. And here I am. So <laughs> I uh I started out in um, my undergrad. It was it was pretty hard. Um, I definitely struggled a little bit in undergrad, and I was one of those kids who did not have perfect grades, but tried really hard. Um, 
And, you know, there was, there was a couple of things that just were happening in life at the time that made it really difficult for me to focus on schoolwork. Uh, things that I later found out were because of the, the PTSD that I got diagnosed with later in life. Um, it was all the same kind of issues um, that were really preventing me from doing the best that I could in undergrad. So it was tough. And I almost did not get into grad school. In fact, the first year I did not. Um, I applied to a lot of programs and didn't get in. And I was just crushed. I could, couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. I was like, a beast, which we know in our profession means nothing. But to the mm-hmm. You know, to, to these grad school admissions, a B student, how dare you? You know, mm-hmm. you don't. Right. But it's it's not. So I just that's something that I never understood about our field, that we're supposed to be the champions for these kids who aren't straight A students who need a little bit more help. And yet we so, you know, so easily discriminate, I guess, against people who don't have straight A's. It's just it was wild to me. So. I took a year off in between undergrad and grad school, and I got some related experience. Um, I worked with uh, adults with developmental disabilities uh, at their group homes, and then I applied for grad school. And I swear that that experience that I got that year, uh, plus my awesome interview skills, got me (laughs) just the one spot that I needed. I needed Mm -hmm. one person to let me in, and uh, I, I got let in by... Um, her name is Dr. Joyce Rubenstein at LIU Post. And mm-hmm. I just, I owe my whole career to her. She's just such an angel, but uh, she's the only one who like looked past the, uh, the grades issue and really gave me that yeah. chance. Um, and I just think it, I just think it was so important to me because I would not have gotten that chance if it wasn't for somebody looking past my three point, whatever it was, GPA didn't yeah. start with a four. Wasn't good GPA, but you know, <laughs> I I just needed somebody to see that I was capable of working hard and turning it around, um, and I did. So that was really great. Um, grad school was awesome. I actually presented at ASHA in my final year of grad school as a as a grad awesome. student. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a uh, it was an awesome experience. I uh, was terrified because what am I doing? What <laughs> What do I know? You know, I'm sitting here talking to SLPs at ASHA and I have to tell them that I don't even have C's next to my name. I have CF applicant. <laughs> like, what is that? You know, and they were just like, who are you again? But uh, but it was great. And, you know, I just I had such a good experience in grad school that that really gave me like the the juice that I needed, I guess, to to keep going and doing what I had to do. Um and and I just loved it. I just loved all the time that I spent in grad school. Um, yeah. And then I got started um, like in, in my clinical fellowships. I am really close to New York City. So I worked in the city and it was awful. <laughs> uh, it was really hard. I worked in the schools and uh, it was just really hard to see how a lot of uh, a lot of students got serviced in these big cities where they get lost and there's these huge socioeconomic factors that determine what kind of therapy you're going to get. It was horrible, you know, and I'm sure we've all been there the whole, 
Oh, where's my speech room? Is it a broom closet this year? Or is <laughs> yeah. it under the Yes, yeah. I, I know about that. <laughs> horrible, horrible. And uh, just the things that I saw, the filth, the cockroaches, I was under the stairs in a school. I'm like, and then they're like, these kids aren't making progress. I'm like, well, you have them out in the <laughs> Horrible. And then uh, then you go to the other side of the, the picture and... There's there's that big huge disparity in New York City. There's either very very low socioeconomic status or very very wealthy. Um, yeah. So after that, I went and worked in a wealthy district, and I was just disgusted. Really, it was great for me because I finally had a speech room. But I was disgusted at like on the, on the other side of the coin. <laughs> disgusted. Yeah. Five miles away. What are these kids getting? They have right cockroaches the size of kindergartners and mm. in these schools the other school that i was in had a view of the skyline of manhattan my from my speech room it was just mm. so sad but uh really eye-opening for my cf and uh it was it was quite a time it was quite a time um and from there i kind of just like bounced around i never really fit in i feel like in in speech in terms of like oh i always want to work in a school or i always want to work mm. in early in I always want to work with adults. I never really knew what I wanted to do. So I kind of tried everything. I went from the schools, did early intervention, came back out to the islands. I worked in a skilled nursing. I worked in home health for adults. Um, and I just kind of like was floating through life. Um, I I know that I I had just listen to when I was getting ready to to record this podcast with you guys, I was listening to other episodes and I heard uh, Rachel, the PTSD SLPs um, just today, just before uh, recording this, I'm like, all right, let me get a feel for what's going on here. And I listened to hers and I was just blown away with what she said and how much of it like resonated with me. And I, I had followed her already because I was diagnosed with the PTSD myself. Um, and this was kind of all happening around the same time that my speech career was starting and it made it really difficult to figure out what I was doing. You know, she, she spoke about those, um, you, you know, those, those trauma reflexes that we have, whether we fight or flight or freeze or fawn or what we were doing, right. we don't know. Um, I, I don't know if I was just kind of in this perpetual cycle of flight, like something would not jive with me in a setting and I would be like, okay, goodbye. Like I'm done. See ya. Like I just leave and, uh, and totally switch. So I went from schools to like early intervention, totally so, switch. So did, did you ever sort of decide or, or find out what caused it? What was the root cause of the flight? Um, well, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of hard because now I'm looking at it anecdotally, like, you know, from the past, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing what it was now, but you know, there was, there was always something that I didn't love about working for someone else. I think really that's uh, unfortunately mm -hmm. what it was. Um, but, but like, you know, how I was talking about that, uh, school that I worked in, in Long Island city, mm -hmm. great until the principal started bringing all the young professionals that worked into the school into his office to yell at them and reprimand them and make them cry so i was like okay that's very ew 
he uh he had done it to me once i had done something wrong i don't know what i did but i was like yelled at for it as an adult and i'm like sir what are you doing <laughs> i uh i mentioned it to another friend who taught second grade in that school and she's like oh that's because he thinks you're pretty and i'm like excuse me he she's like yeah he only yells at pretty girls hmm. i was horrified like horrified at that um not even like flattered. Like I was just like, <laughs> I'm glad that you think I'm pretty, but don't yell at me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was very bizarre. So that's just one example of like, what would give me like the, ugh, and I was just, I was just done. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm not coming back next week. You'd like yell at me and <laughs> no, thank you. And like, mm-mm. so the weird kind of things like that, that would kind of mm-hmm. just like give me a feeling of being unsafe. Um, unfortunately, my particular brand of uh, PTSD arises from like interpersonal relationships and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's kind of always the, been the people rather than the environment. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas some people might feel that from being in a particular environment that was similar mm-hmm. to a traumatic experience for me, it's personality traits. So I, I don't take kindly to being yelled at and I don't feel like any professional should be yelled at in any, I I, I don't think that that's too much to ask for either. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so something like that would just give me the feeling that I had to bolt and, you know, and I bolted and was it the most Mm -hmm. professional thing for me to do? No, but I was also struggling with something I didn't, uh, didn't really understand um you know so so that's what what i was saying was i mm-hmm. listened to rachel's today uh, rachel's podcast and i was just like oh my god like you get it that's that's mm-hmm. you know what it was what it was for me and you know that the diagnosis i got took years to get and i just never understood you know what what could make it better what would make it worse um until i started my own kind of thing and mm-hmm. i realized that I, I i didn't really need to take the kind of you know poor treatment we expect in this field i didn't need to take it um and and that's been the huge difference for me is starting my own practice and if somebody dares yell at me you're (laughs) guess who's not getting speech therapy you (laughs) so you know (laughs) is that the best marketing strategy no but you know whatever and that that's just my personal Like, you know, if you come at me ridiculous, then goodbye. You know, I don't need to deal with that. Um, And especially like with with how telehealth has been for me, uh, it has just been amazing. I Mm -hmm. am able to make such a better work life balance now Mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm not as on edge, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing about the private practice is like the ability to say no. And I feel like everyone's got to get to that point. Like there are times in private practice where you're like, I'll just take anybody because I got to get my foot in the door. I got to get my name out there. Mm-hmm. But once you're set up and established, then that is gives you the freedom to be like, okay, th- this is my ideal client. This is my ideal setting. This is what I'm going to tolerate. This is what I'm not going to tolerate. And all of those, just a lot more choices, I feel like. So important. And the choices are yours, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you got a problem with the choice that you made, then just undo it. 
you know, if you, <laughs> yeah, because like you said, I started out with sure, I'll take everybody. Yeah, okay, right. great, yeah. great, great. Yeah. And then once I realized they're not really a fit for me, you know, I didn't like treating this particular area. I didn't like driving to someone's house. I didn't like seeing people in person. If you have, you know, if if you want in-person services right now, I might not be the best one for you. Am I going to hire somebody and you have them do in person? Sure. But for me, I exist right now as a solo um, practice and telehealth is the only thing that I offer Um, just because it's just way better. It's way, it's so much better. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I'll just, I'll be the first to tell anybody that like, you know, okay, if it didn't work for you, cool. You know, you might want to have water cooler talk with your friends and chitty chatties but like i don't i was the kind of person (laughs) you know the school day ended at what 255 and i'm out goodbye like i'm not waiting see ya i I, that comes from i had to take a train two hours to get home so i needed to make a 305 train (laughs) and i'm sorry but i'm running out the door yeah Um, so there that that right too not having to take the train for two hours right every day horrible Yeah. yeah It was just not, not it, not the move for me. And I recently spent a month in Florida Mm. um, because I can work from Florida. So me and my partner were just tooling around. Like we're, we're going here, we're going there. Oh, you want to go and stay in the keys for a week? Sure. All right, cool. Let's go. Let's go to the keys for a week. And I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to take time off. I don't have to, I could just sit there with my computer. It doesn't matter if I'm in the keys. I'm licensed in Florida. So I mm-hmm. since where I sit and where the client sits too. Um yep. so it yep. works beautifully for me. And uh I it's I'm starting to maybe feel like uh some people are kind of over telehealth, but for mm-hmm. every one person that's over telehealth, another one is like, this is great, you mm-hmm. know? Right. So it's all about finding, I, you know, your yeah. right person, your right client. Yeah. And have you gotten pushback or from clients that, you know, say like, why can't you do in person or we would rather have it in person? Yeah, I I get the pushback. Um, You know, a lot of what I hear is, oh, well, telepractice didn't work for them during COVID. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) that's not the same. (laughs) Nothing worked for anybody during COVID. No, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. Even that, like, I feel like none of us have really even talked about that, how traumatic that was right. to mm-hmm. everyone. All of us either lost our jobs or needed to start working telehealth. The kids lost school, friends, free meals that they were getting. It, you yeah. know, I think we, that the effects of COVID have not even fully been realized yet. Um, yeah. And, and I've wondered you know, that, too, if just just being on telepractice that for some people that can bring up like you know, a PTSD response that's like, oh, this reminds me of when this was the only way that I had to connect with people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. It's so different in the post-pandemic, well, <laughs> kind sort of post-pandemic of, yeah. kind world, of post. wherever <laughs> we are. <laughs> wherever um, limbo we're in. Yeah, yeah, yep. It's it's a different world doing it. The in you have people that are doing it because they want to do it and are interested in it. And there's a lot more resources out there. And no one's, you know, going to work on a Friday in person and on Monday having to figure out how to do telepractice. Right. Yeah. That was all so wild. 
Um, yeah. And you just thrust these kids into it. And they're trying to see groups of like five kindergartners over Zoom. Right. When, right. when <laughs> who's watching these kids because the parents are working. It mm-hmm. was, you know, when you think about it and you, and you see how bad that really was. And knowing that like telepractice, you know, we all know that telepractice has been around forever, but families didn't know that. And now mm-hmm. they yeah. thrust into this whole uh okay like let's see these this you know telepractice teletherapy fail completely because everybody is freaking out yeah like i still don't even know why we just didn't like take give the kids a little bit of a break Uh, the break i know i know that may have been better in some cases honestly i think it would have because you know yeah we told everybody how terrifying everything was and scared everybody to death but you have to log on for speech therapy. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It, it was it was crazy. But like, I am yeah. grateful that it did bring uh, telepractice to the forefront, at least for me. I had never yeah. thought mm-hmm. of it before the pandemic. I had like, you know, heard about it, been like, oh, okay, cool. But like, you know, I, I'm in like New York City, Long Island. There's 9 million people within like throwing distance of my house. So mm-hmm. why do I got to see anybody telehealth? Um, right. But now that I did, I just love it. And honestly, for some kids, I feel that the progress is better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I know that our research will say that, that like, it's supposed to be equal, if not the mm-hmm. same. I think in some cases it's better. Oh, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think it gives a lot of kids access to like how you were talking about that in the schools. It could be like five you know, five kindergartners and one t- person working with them, whether it's in person or on teletherapy. And I think it, because we have, it, you can draw from a bigger pool and restructure it a little bit, then I think it gives a lot of kids more of a chance to get those smaller, either smaller groups. I never see a group bigger than three and three is like only if I've very been very choosy on what kids are going to be mm-hmm. in that group. Um, but usually it's one-on-one or in a group of two, m- maybe. And I think that's may- is where, maybe where that difference in progress is coming from, is just that individualized mm-hmm. attention, which is really hard to get in schools. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's impossible. It doesn't exist, yeah. really. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, really. Yeah. You know what I think is huge, too, is the parent involvement in the virtual sessions because the right. people are right there. And, you know, I think about all the times that I spent working with kids in school, there was zero carryover. The parents could barely no. even be bothered to show up to meetings. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. You might see them at an IEP if you yeah. got lucky might. with some of the parents. Might. Yeah. <laughs> you might. And you're probably going to get yelled at for not doing something that you think that you should, they right. should have been doing. But, right. you know, you're right. not, you don't see. But like with telehealth, I have the parents sit in the whole time for sessions and mm-hmm. I do intervention via telehealth. These are babies. I was just on with the 10 month old. Like mm-hmm. he did, what has he been doing? But I'll tell you what, he turns around and I got him to wave. I got him to say mama. I got him to say mm-hmm. hi. I'm working on him with like feeding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the parent was right there for the whole session. And I had other kids for early intervention take off, just explode language wise. Mm-hmm. The parents are like, what happened? We've only been in speech for three months i'm like mm-hmm. because you're here and you see it's you <laughs> it's you and you know the parents yeah. are all good about that and um mm-hmm. that that's something that's huge for me is like i j- just love to be a hype woman i love to get people gassed up i love to get them excited 
like you did this like your kid is making this progress because of you and they're like up and i'm like no um but they love it and i love it too and i'm i'm a better therapist i think um because we play and you know it's not you know my toys your toys whose toys whatever it is we're playing. I am a hundred percent child-led, a hundred percent play-based. Um, so I, uh, I love my little online games that we play. And, um, I know that you guys were, were like looking for some recommendations for some awesome like programs that I use. And I heard some good ones. Um, I, I am a huge proponent of pink cat games. I would buy stock mm-hmm. in games if they were, <laughs> right. I feel like that is the most worth it um, mm-hmm. one out there. I use pink yeah. cat games every single day of my life. <laughs> every day. <laughs> you can put the goals in it and it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I also am a big fan of uh, ABC too. I use ABC. Oh, um, I love that one. Yeah. I love that one. I got a kid yeah. uh, and via telepractice, mind you, which is tough to, to treat. Uh, kids with like severe kind of issues. Um, I had a, a little boy that I diagnosed with childhood apraxia of speech via telehealth. Um, and like, it was the first time I had ever diagnosed that. And those games on ABC uh, got him to the point that he was talking. It yeah. it was sure it's me doing whatever I'm doing, but he had fun making a little pizza. Mm-hmm. And right you know there's that i just go on there and search make a and like you can have so many different games that pop up and i've used so many of those and like you said i think it's even better like over telepractice because they have to tell me they can't touch it they can't manipulate it they have to use their their language to tell me which one it is that they want and i've had it work really well with like kids with selective mutism and like so many kids yeah i and there's such a huge variety on there yeah, it's great. They really play right into my hand too, because yep. I'm like, "Oh, did I make a mistake?" Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the one you I wanted. That's not what you wanted. Oh. Yeah, and then they're like, "No, Jamie, I wanted this one." And I'm like, oh, <laughs> "You wrote a long sentence." Mwahaha. Yeah, um, it it works great, and the I think my favorite thing about it is that these kids are having fun. They are laughing. Mm-hmm. They are, right. are squealing the whole time. <laughs> and, you know, the parent like comments after she's like, they're like, what are you guys doing? There? <laughs> like we're having a circus. <laughs> we're having fun, but your kid has not shut up the entire time that he's been mm-hmm. here. He has been talking right. storm. And then they're like, oh, we just can't believe the progress that these this kid has made. He went from completely not saying anything to, you know, initially before I diagnosed this one particular kiddo with uh, CAS, they thought he had autism because he mm. was nonverbal at three and a half yeah. years old and he couldn't get in-person services. It was a nightmare. It's New York City post-COVID around that time, mm. you know, get him the service he needs. Um but they they were about to treat this child completely wrong. And even, they even had mm. the pediatrician on the hook that they were like, yeah, he has autism. No, he doesn't. He has apraxia. And once yeah. we cleared that up, he's just been flourishing. He's done so yeah. amazing. And it's because I gave him no expectations at first. Come mm-hmm. and play this game with me. Yeah. And we're just going to have fun. 
And we built such an incredible trusting relationship. I've been working with him for three years. Um, like I said, he was nonverbal when I met him. And now he is a, a chatterbox and a half. Sometimes it's still hard That's to understand awesome. him. But he's blah, right. blah, 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 blah. And the parents are just like, it's unbelievable. We we were about to put him in like special ed and like special need classes when he that wasn't him. You know, yeah. we, we would have mm-hmm. completely changed the trajectory of this young man's life. Of everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, or this misdiagnosis that they wanted to give him because they didn't understand what a practice was. looks like. Yeah. 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 I feel um, like I've heard you say a lot of things that are like people have misconceptions about that you can't do that on telepractice like mm-hmm. early intervention working with babies um play-based yeah. child-led mm-hmm. all of those things are things that i feel like people hear those and they're like oh but i can't do that in pe- telepractice no, and so scary. are there are there things that you do to keep it like child-led because i feel like a lot of times it's easy to have you know, my set, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm pulling up these websites. Are there ways that you incorporate more child choice and child led in that? Absolutely. Well, I'm, uh, I don't even know what type of SLP I am type A, type B. I'm like type Z. I don't even know what, <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm doing half the time. I would, I would, from listening to your story, I was like, you don't fit the, you don't fit a category. You don't fit the mold. You're you. And we love that. I am. More of that. Exactly. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, well, yeah, it's, you know, what do you want to play today? You want to play pizza? You want to play cookies? What do you want to play? Yeah. If it's within reason and I'm working mm-hmm. on requesting, he's requesting. What am I yeah. doing? You know, right. he. It's it's for me, speech therapy is all about how it fits into his natural life. And what, what is a child supposed to be doing right now? Playing. They're mm-hmm. not supposed right. to be sitting here and doing ditto after worksheet after worksheet after ditto. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if we listen to what we preach in this field that play is is the work of the child and it's all so important. It's all these foundational skills are based on play, but we don't let children play. How are they going to learn? You know, so I I incorporate play into everything. Of course, we get work done. And that's why I like Pink Cat, because they can you could build the goals into it. So if I'm working on articulation, I just pick a list of words that start with R. And there we go. We're playing some silly little game. The kid thinks that they're having fun. That's all Mm -hmm. it is, is Jedi mind tricks. You know, oh, (laughs) yeah. Can you say that sound again? They're like, yeah, sure. Blah, blah. And they they don't even know that they're working so hard. They don't know that they're talking for a half an hour and doing all this stuff. They just think that they're playing. Right. So that mm-hmm. way I that's feel a- like they want to come. They want to come to mm-hmm. speech. Yep. Yep. That's what um and I think I learned too, like not having this like set way that I think that I'm gonna use this activity or use this thing. I had one student this year that was so hard just bouncing all over the place, never wanted to sit in the chair, all of these things. And could like, I was lucky if I got 10 trials in because she was so all over the place. And then we had one day where she brought a puzzle over. And at first I was like, okay, we'll say a word. You can get a puzzle piece. And then all of the alphabet letters turned into their own characters. 
and she was making them all say things. And instead of like correcting her when she said it wrong, I would say, oh, you know what? Your, your animal or whatever it was, the letter A that's being, you know, Susie letter A is, she said that word wrong. You need to tell her whether to put her tongue to say it. And then she would like correct the, the animal instead of correcting <laughs> herself. And I was like, oh my gosh, we got 60 trials today. And she didn't even know that we were doing anything. <laughs> And we did nothing on the screen. It was all these little alphabet letters. And I was like, oh, yeah, sometimes I need to, you know, like shift and remember that, that it can be um, not go the way that you had originally planned it and yeah. work better. Well, I kind of learned that lesson a long time ago that you can have, have the best plans, the best laid plans, because right. I am a, a recovering perfectionist. So everything used to be perfect. It was Mm -mm -mm -mm. I had the games for speech. It was all picked out. Everything was ready to go. Yep. Yep. They weren't good sessions because it was what I wanted to do and what mm -hmm. my yeah. agenda was. And then yeah. I like this realization. I'm like, is this therapy for like me or is this therapy for him? And, you know, am I playing into their strengths or am I just sitting them in a classroom and drilling them over and over again and expecting yeah. them to learn and retain? You're not going to learn and retain what's boring. You have to make it fun, um, you know, especially for kids, especially now in this day and age, and especially on telehealth, you need to make them think that they're having the best time. The client buy-in mm -hmm. is so important um, for, for telepractice because they could just get up and run away. You know, it would, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna pick him up. You're not, you're not gonna, you know, push him back or you know, no right fancy chair angles. You can't escape. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't do that. So you need to create the buy-in naturally. You need that child yeah. to want to be there. Um, yeah. and if you're not having fun with him, he doesn't want to be there. So I think that's that's where, um, the whole pivot to remote learning during schools. Like, I think that's how everybody got like that unfortunate negative experience from it was because yeah. we're taking this highly academic, highly structured way of doing therapy, trying to apply it to kids who where's the charger mom's at work. I have I mm -hmm. eaten today. Who knows? There were so <laughs> many other things that were so much more important and pressing to that child because academics were just not important to them. And that, that structure was something that was completely taken away from them. So here we are trying to be structured in our therapy mm -hmm. sessions. And it's not working and the kids hate it. And now right. they have all these, you know, negative biases about telehealth that it didn't work. Not with me though. Like it's, it is different. <laughs> mm -hmm. My families will tell you, they'll be like, I did not think that telehealth was going to work this well. Like families turn down in-person services to stay with me on telehealth. And that's, that's mm -hmm. when I was like, okay like you'd rather is, yeah with me and then do in person mm -hmm. which is you know for some reason everybody thinks that it's the gold standard and my outcomes are different my my yeah. outcomes do suggest the same thing you yeah. know because when you're in person you gotta see 40 kids back to back right exactly mm -hmm. exactly you can't care about them on an individual level when you're seeing so many it's mm -hmm. impossible you know, it's impossible to, you, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you yourself are overworked, you're not giving the best to the kid anyway. Um, and it's it's just unfortunate. I mean, and that's not to say that some of these telehealth, uh, 
you know, jobs don't burn people out because they definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely think that there needs to be more of an appreciation for what we do in telepractice in, in terms of its equity to in-person traditional sessions, in-person. Mm-hmm. you know, right. for most kids. I'm if I have to hear one more person tell me that, oh, well, our telehealth rate is lower because it's telehealth and it's not as good. I'm going to scream. <laughs> I had yeah. a, I couldn't believe it. I had one today, one of my clients, I gave him a super bill. I don't do anything with insurance because I just can't be bothered. Um so I'm I'm private pay only and they wanted a super bill. All right, great. Here's your super bill. Take it. Their insurance company actually tried to deny them because they were oh, they're telehealth sessions and we don't cover telehealth. We only cover speech therapy in person. I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you don't cover telehealth. You're a commercial insurance company. Does the kid have speech therapy coverage? Yes. Good. There you go. No, it's <laughs> unbelievable. So I think that that, that needs to, you know, change. change yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cause I'm having fabulous outcomes. My parents are very happy. Um, I was able to, you know, quit my job, uh, take some time off for my health, do whatever I wanted to do, screw around in Florida and still make excellent progress with these kids. It's a win-win, you know? And, uh, and, and yeah. especially because, you know, think about all the situations that we put in-person speech therapists in. either you're driving to someone's house, which may or may not be safe. Um, mm-hmm. You're driving to a clinic, which may or may not be an hour away. Or you're in a school, yeah. which unfortunately, may or may not be safe, you know, and, and it's just, there's so much. Yeah. And when you think about the gas, the time, for me, it was the train uh, mm-hmm. going to the city. I'd spend two hours on the train and $50 every day hmm. to go to work. That's crazy. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. It was. Mm-hmm. That's what, one of my first place um, teletherapy placement was in a juvenile detention unit. And I was like, this is the only way that I would feel comfortable being there because <laughs> I would. We'd have like, they'd have lockdowns where the kids would drop down. Or, like I'd be working with them and then they'd drop down on the floor and they'd be dealing with the situation in the hallways or in the classroom. And I'd just be like, nope, this is the only way <laughs> that I would feel comfortable <laughs> being here is in teletherapy. No, thanks. And, you know, and it's hard, too, when you when you see like a, like a kid who is trying to, like, do the right thing, trying to, you know, get his service, trying, trying, but is right. in this environment that he's not able to succeed in, you know, or he's just in this environment that's stressful. He's trying yeah. to learn and he's got to drop down on the floor in the middle of his lesson. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's horrible, you know, yeah. uh, and, and it's tough. It's tough to see. It's tough to see all that. So, you know, now I've, I've really just been so happy with how I can really pick and choose who comes into my therapy space. And if it's not working for you, then see you later, go sit on a wait list somewhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? um, it's, it's wild. I think that's been my favorite thing is, is the power back sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with <laughs> roaches trying to fight me like on the <laughs> I don't got to deal with that anymore. I just, you know, it's it's great. I I have my dog, he's my assistant and you know, we have time <laughs> doing speech all day. Um and you know, for me, 
I wanted to build a, a practice that, you know, I'm, I'm really big on having fun. I want my kids to have fun. I want them play-based, fun-centered, having fun and learning at the same time sort of thing. And, you know, I got to thinking, I'm like, well, you know, I should really practice what I preach. If I think that they can't have fulfilling lives without having fun, then what am I doing? I need <laughs> having fun, you know? Sure. And I think that's something that telepractice has been able to give me is the freedom over my own schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I'm I'm a super beach girl, super jet ski kind of girl, like go out and have fun and go to Florida for a month, go take off some time and go here. I live for vacations and I live for summer. So when my summer uh, caseload thins out a little bit, I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> like Now I have more. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I, you know, I'll come back in September. Awesome. See you then. Because. Um, yep. I want to have that fun. And to me, no amount of money is worth that. Um, Mm -hmm. And working for other people, you're not ever able to take all your vacation. They'll say, oh, yeah, we'll give Mm -hmm. you two weeks vacation. Isn't that so generous? And it's like, is it really? Because... You know, I've had that. I've had that. And then I've got to make it up when I get back. So yeah. is that it does even really count as a vacation if I've got to work twice as hard when I get back. The yeah. last job I ever worked for someone else, I remember she called me while I was on vacation to tell me I was in trouble about something that I did before vacation. I'm like, you could have waited two days while we scheduled a meeting for you nine minutes. It ruins, it ruins your whole yeah, ruins your ruins. vacation. Ruins. I'm I'm a high anxiety person, so I was <laughs> devastated for the whole time well i don't even because and then she wouldn't tell me what i did wrong of course oh mm-hmm. but we scheduled a meeting for you 9 a.m your first day back so we'll address it. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness oh, okay <laughs> nice oh we see that you have 9 a.m open let's schedule it psycho so you know we it, it just never really fit with me like how people thought that they had so much control over your life on your mm-hmm. yeah that you work for um mm-hmm. So never again, never again will I do that. If I yep. want to take that time off, that's on me. Okay, fine. And if I make it up for my own practice, that's even better. Because, you know, I I worked for that time. I worked hard for that time. And, you know, I think that everybody needs to start taking their vacation collectively as an mm-hmm. entire population. Take your vacation. Take every last day of it. Go over your vacation, in fact. What are they going to do? <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? Withhold your pay? Sure. Okay, fine. No problem. <laughs> you know, you yeah. got to live because we work too hard. We spend too much money on these degrees. Uh, money that for most of us, frankly, has not come back the way that we right. thought it would. Mm-hmm. How many of us in grad school were told, oh, you'll make a hundred grand your first year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell that to my like $25 <laughs> an hour. Like I could be sitting and working at Target for the same amount of money. <laughs> right. It's just no, you know, we, we as a, as a profession of, uh, you know, mostly, mostly 90 something percent women, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to be firm with our personal boundaries, I feel like, and really telepractice sure. is the only thing that has let me do that. Um, you know, because think about how, oh, you want to be nice and you want to help. And I feel like that inclination yep. for, is is true for a lot of women and men too, you know, but a lot of women are socialized and conditioned to be as helpful and 
the mm-hmm. least active you could possibly be. Um, and I feel like maybe that's why I didn't really get along like with other people in other settings. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I mentioned this, like, I feel like I'm an excellent therapist, but I'm probably not the best employee. <laughs> because, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and I feel like that's, that's really what sets me apart from all the other speech therapists that I know, because they're like, Oh, you want to take an extra client and really help us out? Please. We know your caseload's at 50 already, but what's 51 going to do? It's all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, we we're socialized to be as helpful and uh, accommodating as we could possibly be. So, you know, you end up with a caseload yes. of 60. Yep. You say, yep. one to, right. you say yes, 51. And next thing you know, your caseload 60. Yep. And and yep. what are you going to do? And good luck trying to get any of those kids off your caseload because then it's you don't work hard enough. Nope. You know, once they're, once they're, they're there, enough. they're there. Right. <laughs> well, crazy. well, Jamie, I have a, a challenge for you. Is I want you to be the first SLP to do a full telepractice session on a jet ski. Oh man! Oh. I want you to work on that. And when you can, when you perfect that, then you come back on and you tell us how it went. Uh, Listen, I have all the capability to do it. I can do it. The jet ski's unwinterized. She's ready to go. All I got, I got to figure out some waterproofing issues, but that's, that's all right. Yeah. That's your challenge. Little GoPro. We can do it. We can do it. (laughs) Something that was great that I bought. And another, another recommendation I'm going to give everybody is I bought a little, uh, mobile hotspot jetpack thing for Mm -hmm. my version. Oh Yeah. I can do internet anywhere. So, but I'm, like I said, I, I'm not too far off because I go to the beach right now and I do sessions mm-hmm. and I sit in my car <laughs> and I'm just, I'm in my mobile office and you see my fishies on my yep. back. Nobody mm-hmm. knows where I'm at. Nobody knows what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm looking at the beach and uh, there's times that I'd be with my friends at the beach, but I got to go do a session real quick. Go mm-hmm. sit there for a half an hour, do what I got to do. And then I'm right back to living my life. Um, right. And I just feel like everything is so much more optimized and so much better. Um, you know, will the jet ski be the most optimal? <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I have no, awesome. I have no, I'll take pictures and I'll send it to you. Good, good. Uh, it, it works as long as you've got good internet and like good cell phone service, which surprisingly I do in the middle of the Great South Bay. I do have good service. Um, I think I could do it. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna well, lie. I've, I've done consultation calls from the jet ski before. So, <laughs> hey, you're halfway there. Halfway well, Jamie, there. how can how can people reach out to you and learn more about your practice? Oh wow, I didn't even mention my practice. I'm talking about it the whole time, but like <laughs> the name. Um, I I could be found on Instagram at Wordwise Speech. That's me. Mm-hmm. So Wordwise W O R D W I S E Speech. You could find me there. Um. I, I usually post all kinds of funny stuff. Um, anyone can talk to me. I'm very, uh, very open to anybody who wants to like learn more or kind of embody my like fun first attitude. If mm-hmm. you want to have in life as an SLP, I'm your girl. I will teach you how to have boundaries and uh, <laughs> make sure that you do what you got to do to have fun. Um, sure. I was also, you know, trying to get, uh, cause like I mentioned, I, I do early intervention. Um, I'm also trying to start a little mentorship program for, um, SLPs, PTs, OTs in New York state who want to contract directly with, 
uh, New York state for early mm-hmm. intervention. It is much more lucrative than working for an agency. Um, and I am starting to kind of break into that whole coaching thing, um, for helping other professionals. Um, cause for me, it's, it's all been all about taking your power back. Like you went to school, you got that degree. This work is all you speech therapy doesn't happen without you. So mm-hmm. you need to really put yourself at the forefront. And I also feel like we collectively need to be a little bit more, transparent about money and making money and it's okay mm-hmm. to want to make more money it's okay right. to want to the middleman out you know so that's what i'm hoping to to accomplish too so awesome. anyone reach out to me and we'll chit chat and, and have a good time well that's great well as you get things off the ground you come back tell us about the jet ski situation and then <laughs> your your coaching situation and we can talk more you got it for sure. For sure. Before I go, I just want to shout out my girl, Marsha. Thank you so much for uh, putting me in contact with you guys. She's a star. And mm-hmm. I, I just love having a, a community of like other SLPs that aren't trying to like compete. We're mm-hmm. all just trying to, there's enough room for all of us to right. do what we could do. So I just, uh, I always like shouting out people that, you know, go out of their way for me. And she, she put me in touch with you guys and mm-hmm. I'm just very grateful for, uh, for that. She's a star. Yeah. Well, good luck with everything. And we'll talk to you soon. I want to thank Jamie for joining us on the podcast and go check out everything she's doing over at wordwisespeech.com. I'm sure you'll find something you like there. And if she can help you reach out to her. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Telepractice Today. If you don't mind, leave us that five-star review that helps us to move up in the rankings and attract more listeners and get more ears on what we're doing. So that's what we want. And with that, we'll be back again next week with another new episode. Until then, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. Thank you.